Hey, I'm McCoy here, and you are listening to the Solar Panel. Hello, and welcome everybody into another edition of the Lunar Panel here on uh, wherever you're watching us, whether it's YouTube, Facebook, uh, Twitter, or if you're listening to us on the podcast, we highly appreciate you the flaming ballers i'm your host greg esposito ahoy hoy and joining me as always is the silver fox with the takes that are plastic it's dave king dave how are you? <laughs> oh, yeah. that was pretty good man you wait you figure that out like all week you sit around thinking about what those lines are i do not i do not think of you all week do not worry about that yeah no i think you do <laughs> a tough night <clears throat> second Dang. Night, a tough as the Suns lose to the Nuggets uh, two games in a row, tonight they fall 120-112 in double overtime. And I think this one was actually a bigger heartbreak than Friday night's game, Dave. Uh, and, you know, just, just from the pure fact that they didn't have Devin Booker, they hung in there, they get a desperation three from Jay Crowder with .7 sec, or, you know, with yep. minimum yep. time left on, on the clock. .7. Yep. Point seven, and they find a way still to lose the game. Uh, they they give up. A- no, they they were lucky to be where they were, man. I tell you what, <clears throat> when you're down, Devin Booker and Darius Sarge to start the game. Mikael Bridges starts the game in foul trouble. Da ends the game in foul trouble. Eventually fouls out on a Jokic. I don't know what that fish flop was that Jokic did. Jesus, I mean uh, they they would. Uh, if you saw a fish flopping like that on the beach, you throw it back in the water. <laughs> so, <clears throat> yeah, no, that's uh, yeah, being without DA, being without Dario, being out with it, without Cam Johnson in the final minutes because it looked like yeah, cramps. They were icing down his calves, and then obviously uh, being without Booker. Look, this is just this is just a tough game, and Denver had all their players. Nobody was was uh, in foul trouble, and that's the part of the Suns' problem is they don't get anyone into foul trouble. Why? Why not f- foul after that Crowder three? I mean, you have the three point lead. Oh, because they never got inside the uh, three point line. But but if he's not in the act of shooting, oh no, wait after the Crowder three. Wait, are you talking about after the Crowder three? You're talking about when Jamal Murray made the three at the end of regulation. I'm talking when Murray made the three at the end of regulation. Yeah, yeah, no, that um, that was they never had a chance to foul until CDA was the guy inside the three point line. The one, the one sec half second that Jamal Murray was in there, they stayed behind and and Murray was spacing the basket the whole time, so he would have had three free throws. Yeah, I guess I, I just I think a a, a a hanging sideways three point attempt. <laughs> Going to your left has a lower chance of going in than um, than Jamal Murray making all three free throws. Now, if it's Abdel Nader, who you're deciding whether to let him shoot or put him on the free throw line, you might as well put him on the three free throw line. I mean, the Suns closed this game with Frank Kaminsky and Abdel Nader as two of the five guys on the court. That's how low they were in in personnel. Yeah, well, when you look at that at that lineup, the only thing that comes to mind is you're just you're not going to win when you are guarding an MVP candidate and Nikola Jokic, and you're expecting Frank Kaminsky. You're guarding him with him. You're just not going to win. And I get it. They're down Sarge because of safety protocols. 
uh, DeAndre Ayton fouled mm-hmm. out. Damian Jones is out because of safety protocols, and Jalen Smith just came back uh, the other night. Yeah. Uh, but I'm sorry. In that second overtime, I, I put Jalen Smith out there, or I try to go small. I do something different because you knew what Jokic was going to do to Kaminsky. Well, so anything yeah. you can do to But he would have done the same to Jalen Smith. He would have done the same to Damian Jones. But The problem is they needed charge and Aiden. Well, Sarich isn't going to stop. Jokic is an MVP caliber bulldozer. The guy, I can't believe how many times he's allowed to throw his shoulder into a defender to go all the way from 20 feet out to the three feet out. And no, and there's not offensive fouls. It's, it's, he just has figured it out. Look, I think there is depth problems when it comes to big men with this team. There's not much behind DeAndre Ayton. And if you want to win, you're going to have to win games like this. There are going to be nights where guys are injured or DeAndre Ayton fouls out, and you have to have options. They All right, so we're going to go 20 games into the season, 15 games into the season, we're going to say, oh, if they can't win these games, they're they're SOL. Well, well why I, are we even fans? Well, no, I'm just looking at it, and if if playoffs is really what you're hoping for and, and you want to be in a position to win – you have to have that depth. And this is the one position that they don't even, I mean, Damian Jones doesn't make you any better. If he's no, not- but as, as long as you have Dario Saric and you have DeAndre Ayton, it should be fine. What I don't understand is why Abdel Nader got all of the minutes as yeah. the, as the backup guard in this game. And they didn't, they barely played. They played Langston Galloway, maybe a minute, minute and a half, two minutes. Um, Etwan Moore didn't play at all. I mean, Abdel Nader is not that just because he's good looking. So they call him the Egyptian uh, Kelly Obre. Just because he's good looking doesn't mean he's a good basketball player. That is that is the worst nickname I've ever heard in the history of basketball. They, that's, that's just terrible. <laughs> who, who, I've made some pretty dumb nicknames, but that's pretty bad. Uh, look. Uh, you make yeah, a lot right. of dumb nicknames, and if you're calling that bad, Mr. Kaminsky Cove. By the way, I have never bought property back on Kaminsky Cove, and I never will. Yeah, sorry, you, because it's underwater right now. <laughs> it's been underwater. The ocean has, has, has one day of sun, and whatever mortgage you had to take out the property is now underwater on Kaminsky Cove. Tonight was not a good night for that. Not that we really expected. Like I don't. Frank Kaminsky isn't a center. He's a stretch four. And playing him at center is something you do out of desperation, which which was tonight, was desperation. So, you know, that's, that's just what it was, was completely out of desperation. You're playing Frank Kaminsky, and, and it showed. And I think this- one thing is for sure. Um, the Phoenix Suns and Denver Nuggets would be a bloodbath, but probably not in a fun way for the Suns if they met up in the playoffs. I don't think this says anything about the Suns' playoff chances. Denver Nuggets made the conference finals last year, and the Suns just played them two games in a row that went to three overtimes total between the two games. Um, and the Suns were weighed down on players the whole time. So I think I think this does bode well for the Suns. I, I liked what I saw from Chris Paul in the fourth quarter tonight and overtimes. Um, he did play like the Chris Paul we needed him to play like. He just didn't get enough support. I mean, we got we got lucky with Jay Crowder having an excellent game in this one, uh, but just didn't get lucky enough with anybody else. Yeah, look, 
I, I don't, I'm not, I, I'm not pressing the panic button. Losing two very close games to Denver that you had opportunities to win is not the end of them being considered good. It's not the end of the season. There's no panic here because, to your point, Denver's record may not look very good, but they're still a very, very good team that went to the Western Conference Finals last year and will be in the mix for the Western Conference Finals this year. So I'm not I'm not in any panic mode. Let's not. Plus, Denver's just a bad team for the Suns. They just are. Jamal Murray, he averages over 20 points a game against the Suns for his career, and he averages 15 points a game against everybody else. So... It just is it, it, making him making a sideways fall down three pointer to tie the game to send it to overtime just explains the Denver. It just does. Yeah, but I mean, one in four in the last five. That's not that's not great after the hot start. I think some people probably get a little nervous that are we re-experiencing what we went through last year? I don't think that's the case. This whole a week off because of safety protocols throws everything off let's let's be honest these guys were not ready for for the first game back after after that yeah like there's just there's a lot that's going on right now obviously with this team Devin the hamstring injury isn't uh, a prolonged one luckily they have a bit of a break they don't play again until wednesday so hopefully that's enough to get Devin booker back at that point, it's just, it, it, I think these are so gut-wrenching because y- you saw the path to victory in these games, you know? And, sure, and that's but that's the thing. That's the thing. To me, That's it's frustrating in the moment, but it reminds me how much fun it is to be a fan of a fun team, of a good team. You know, how many times, I, I can't tell you how many times in the last week I've thought about, what, what are the Suns' shortcomings? They don't get to the line enough. Um, they, uh, they allow too many points at the rim. Uh, they take too many three pointers, uh, when they're not going in, you can't win the games in the second half of the last two games. They haven't made enough threes. Um, kind of sounds like the seven seconds or less sense. I'm not saying this is a seven seconds or less team, but what I'm saying is this is kind of what we're used to with Phoenix Suns basketball. Phoenix Suns basketball has always been like this. Um, always we're, we're the smaller team that doesn't get the calls, doesn't get to the line, has to win on jumpers. Um, and, you know, it feels kind of like home to me. And I'm good with it. I'm, I'm happy with, with what I'm seeing. I'm mad in the moment, I'll tell you. I have probably kept my neighbors up the last two nights um, yelling at the television. I know that, and I apologize for that. But you know what? I just love... Um, I just love being in every game and potentially winning every single game. This is great. Oh, I agree. And my, obviously expectations are much higher this year than they have been in a while. And and that'll be part of when you have losses like this, especially in back-to-back nights, it, it does become a little bit more frustrating because you have a higher ceiling for this team than you have recently. And, and that's, I think that's what the feeling is in these two games is, you were hoping that this was the, the the kind of group that would start to win these games. And I think later in the year, they will, they'll mesh more. They'll, they'll know when these late game situations, what to do, but it has been very sloppy in, in the last minute or two of games this year. And last night, Chris Paul didn't step up in, in any way. He had turnovers in the last few minutes. Didn't call that timeout tonight. He came up, 
a little bit bigger, but even that even that play that Crowder hits the three, that's ugly. That's a broken play. That was luck uh, that happened there. They need they need to tighten things up. And and to me, this offense too isn't flowing like it was earlier. You're not seeing the ball movement like you did. Uh, and I don't understand either. Mike Malone is a freaking halftime adjustment genius, or Chris Paul changed his game in the second half of these last two games because a double digit assists in the first half, both nights against Denver, and then not much of anything in the second. Man, I got to say, man, the comment section is just, I just don't even know what's going on. If the Suns are going to suck anyways, why not keep Rubio Ubre in our future pick? If the, you know, why are we even trying? Why are we even play? Blah, 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 blah. Come on, guys. Lighten up. It's an early season loss to a really good team that made the conference finals, and it went to double overtime down four people. It's okay to lose a game. Even the best teams in the league are going to lose 20 games a year. The Suns are not one of the best teams in the league, but if the Suns are in the one tier down, they're still going to lose a lot of games. It's okay. If you don't have faith in this team, if you don't think this team can win after watching these last two games, then you're just trying to eat your own liver. You're just trying not to enjoy what we're having right here. This is fun. It's fun to get mad at a loss again for five years. Now I've been trying to, I have not been mad enough at losses and I got tired of that. Well, look, my, I do have a slight concern and does Monty either trust Chris Paul a little too much? Isaiah Coleman, stop making excuses. What excuses? I'm just saying I'm a fan. And I like watching this team. That's not excuses. Excuses is giving yourself an excuse not to have a good time. Giving yourself an excuse to blame the Suns for you not being a happy person. That's an excuse, Isaiah Coleman. <laughs> I, Dave, I love it when you get get fired up like this. Uh, but I, are are we? Should we be concerned slightly about Monty Williams in this? There's been there's been some breakdowns. Uh, in in play execution, timeouts, things like that, late in games, is this just a byproduct of trying to figure out rotations, trying to understand what you have early in a season, or is there some concern about Monty Williams right now? Okay, so Monty might not be one of the top five coaches in the league. Absolutely. That's okay. Is he one of the top 10, top 15? Yeah, I think he is. And you know what? Every coach makes, you know what? When the players don't execute, the coach looks terrible. When the players do execute, the coach doesn't. If Langston Galloway had come out and made less than 50% of his threes early in the season, people would not have enjoyed Langston Galloway as much as they did. But he made the shots. And so Monty got credit for playing Langston Galloway a little bit. Then he realizes against Denver, who's a much bigger team, he can't play Langston Galloway. So he puts Abdel Nader out there. You know what? In the few minutes that Abdel Nader made a couple of shots, everyone loved Abdel Nader. Now they're calling him Dooley. They're calling him the Egyptian Kelly Oubre and all this stuff. Then he makes a couple of bonehead plays, and now Monty's the worst coach in the league. Look, it just look. You're right. His after timeout calls, he defers a little bit too much to Chris Paul. I get that. Um, where is Langston Galloway? Well, when he went in there, he bricked a shot and he committed a foul. So um, Langston Galloway didn't have a good couple of minutes tonight and the Suns couldn't afford several bad minutes and they needed size. I'm not, look, I'm not trying to defend Monty. I'm just saying that coaches look good when players play well and coaches look bad when players don't. 
look, and I don't take that as quote unquote defending Monty Williams. I I think Monty is a good coach. I'm not I'm not moving off of that in any way. I just see some things where he has to grow too in this process, and I think he will. But there was no excuse on Friday night to not call that timeout uh, when when Chris Paul gets well, that ball tonight. Okay, but I, I give more blame to Chris Paul for that. Chris well, Paul's the one who caught Chris the Paul caught too. the ball with 2.7 seconds left, and he didn't even think to call the timeout. The guy with the ball can call the timeout. Yes, the coach should have also. Yeah. I, okay, I, if you're going to share, I wish we had Luca. I, I hit the wrong yeah. thing. I was trying to Get share. Out of here. Jesus Christ. You know what? Luca lost by 20 points to a bad team tonight. You really care? We wish you had Luca. Sun's dog in the chat says, Monty is the best coach we've had uh, at least in at least a decade. There's no denying that. I mean, it's not much of a list that you're talking about either there. So uh, I don't deny that. And look, look, let's take a breather and let's go to one of my favorite segments on these uh, on these lunar panels. Oh, what's in the box? Yeah. What's in the box as we take a look at tonight's box score uh, brought to you by absolutely nobody because we have no sponsors here on the show. But maybe someday we brought you by somebody. <laughs> Here on the sun's solar panel. Hey, just for those, sorry about the just in the box. While you're pulling up the box score, um, Saul is just out. What did you say? He's doing recon on on how to survive a a, a busted lip like Gary Harris got the other yes. night. Yeah, when he's uh, he's doing research on how bad it actually hurts when you don't get elbowed in the face. So he will be back next week. <laughs> don't you worry about that. I, our friend. Uh, and co-host Saul Bookman. Actually, he uh, moving into a new home and decided uh, you really couldn't get anything set up when you're moving into a new home yeah. on the same day that you're supposed to do a podcast. So let's take a look at what the Suns did tonight in the box score. Again, 120-112, double OT loss to the Denver Nuggets. Jake Crowder playing very well, stepping into the starting lineup with Devin Booker out. He returns, had 21 points. Seven rebounds, three assists, a steal on six of 15 shooting, six of 13 from three. Cam Johnson adding in 19 points of his own, but a pretty rough shooting night from deep. He was only three of 11. Mikhail Bridges, a rough night overall. Uh, didn't come on really offensively yeah. until that fourth quarter and overtime. He winds up with 11 points. He also had a big block. On Nikola Jokic, it looked like he he realized, even though he had five fouls there, he had to turn it on. Uh, attempted to valiant effort, but too little, too late. And and I've had a lot of people over the last week or so go, oh, he's he's Sean Marion. He may be better than Sean Marion. Hold your horses. Is yeah. it until Mikael Bridges can be consistent, <laughs> he's not going to be on that level. He might be able to play defense at the level Sean Marion played, but people forget that Sean Marion was 20 points and 10 rebounds a game for most of his career. So uh, let's hold our horses a little bit on Mikel Bridges being Sean Marion. I love Mikel Bridges. He might end up being an all-defense player um, this year, as early as this year, but he's just not consistent enough. He'll have he'll have under 10-point games. And Sean Marion never uh, threw out a bad game. Never did. Um, let's. The other thing I will point out, back to the uh, uh, how did the Suns lose this game. Abdel Nader played 30 minutes. He was minus 24. 
Yeah. And the Suns lost in double overtime. Yeah, so campaign was minus 21 in only 16 minutes. Cam is still trying to find himself again. He kind of lost it. Um, he was a big difference for the Suns for a while. And uh, when he's not a big difference for the Suns, the Suns are going to struggle. Chris Paul was a plus 13. Um, that's a huge. And I know uh, a single game plus minus is is a little bit misleading. I know it can be a very it can be a little bit misleading. I get it. But um, minus 24 in 30 minutes and minus 21 in 16 minutes is not a good shows you didn't really have a good game. I am surprised Javon Carter didn't play more of those Abdel Nader minutes just because of his defensive uh, prowess. And you could throw him on. He's just a little over. small, I think. I think Monty just wanted more size out there. I don't know. But he also didn't look that great because what happens when he gets the ball in his hand, it gets stuck in his hand. He does. He's not a good passer. Yeah, he did have two assists in this game, but uh, or one assist in this game. But he's just, uh, that's the problem is he gets it stuck. He dances a little bit. It reminds me a little bit of Shannon Brown. Yeah, another pretty solid game for DeAndre Ayton as well. 17 points, 13 rebounds, two blocks. Uh, he did have an assist as well, but those six personal fouls he fouled out. Uh, Jokic is a master at drawing fouls. So I'll give I'll give, uh, I'll give give Jokic some credit for DeAndre Ayton, a couple of his fouls there. The yeah, thing okay. is, Ayton had 13 points at halftime. How did he only have four points in the second half when he has been aggressive with the ball? Because they stopped going to him. Yes. That's the thing. They stopped going to DeAndre Ayton, and I do not understand it. This That's why I said, is Mike Malone just a, a wizard at halftime adjustments? Because they just, they go, these two games have it just been weird. First halves look one way. Second half looked completely different, and and it's all it's been a consistent problem when it comes to uh, you know when DeAndre Ayton has pretty good games, they start to not go to him in the second half, even when he's playing well. And I just I don't get it. I don't know if it's a flaw in this offense. I don't understand why why it goes that way. You know, and you know, Coda Kid here saying you know we'll be all right. Yeah, we will be. That doesn't mean. You don't look at this and go, okay, well, how do you how do you clean this up? Because these are the games you're going to have to win later on in the year and when the playoffs come. Like the, These are the kind of things you're going to have to do. And losing two to the Nuggets early could still have a major impact on playoff positioning later on in the season, which th- this is expected sure. to be a very tight race in that kind of three to seven range. Well, and the Suns are not going to be playing Denver again because – the way the league is doing the schedule this year, you only play um, your conference teams three times and you play your uh, um, other conference teams twice. So now we're, we're not going to see Jokic again until uh, unless they match up in the playoffs. Yeah, which which now means you have no opportunity to, to do anything about that seeding head to head, which is tough. You know, I, I, I that's frustrating when these one of these two games easily could have gone in the sun's favor. And I think we'll be looking back when we get to the end of the season and probably pointing at these going, that was the difference between whatever the seating you're looking at there. And the, the thing this year, you don't want to be that seven or eight seed because you have to play in that play in game. And that's why I think that's why it's frustrating me because I have expectations of this team being four, four to six in the West there. And these kind of losses yep. impact that ability. I think I still think even watching this, 
that I know Suns fans are ready to jump off roofs and, and quit being fans and all this stuff. But even national, uh, there was a, a national guy on Twitter who just said, I can't wait to see the Suns Nuggets 4-5 matchup. So, I mean, even even with the Suns doing this and losing a couple of games, they still look like a solid playoff team. I agreed wholeheartedly. Uh, Ariel in the chat says, DA played very well, but a couple of Jokic tippins were for not doing a good job boxing out. Everybody's going to have a tough time boxing out Nikola Jokic. I mean, a dude, dude is a mountain a different spe- specimen, and there's a reason why he's get it. an MVP candidate. So I'm not, look, and you want to talk about De- DeAndre Ayton. The defense he played on Murray in that last second three, it doesn't get any better than what he did. I mean, he, he couldn't have done anything better to try to contest that three. It was just an insane three that went in. Monique Marshall says, you can tell Dave loves mediocrity. Dude is used to losing. No, I'm just a fan of a team, man. And if you can't be a fan of a team unless they're they're winning every game by 20 points when they should be, then you're not really a fan. Our, our Sorry. Friend. I'm in our that friend. bad mood Coach tonight. Fallen. Coach Fallen founder, one of our flaming ballers, says after a decade of losing, we fans are just trying to get used to having expectations again. I I think that is fair as well. I don't think it, uh, most people know what it's like to actually expect things out of this team. So that is uh, that is certainly one thing that we uh, are looking at here when it comes to when it comes to the Suns. There's some of that going on as well. Look, look, I again, no. No panic here at all. Just no panic. questions that you have to look at and, and ask. And look, the yeah, obvious are... questions are can Devin Booker and Chris Paul play together long term? Uh, you know, make the best of each other, and we haven't seen it yet. Um, we have seen DeAndre Aiden start to wake up. Remember a week ago, people wanted to trade DeAndre Aiden, and then the past three games, he's been the team's best player. So maybe we should slow our roll a little bit on making final proclamations against the team's most talented players. Wait, you, um, you I'm okay making a proclamation against Abdel Nader, but I'm not okay making a proclamation against some of the team's best players who are just playing below their, their talent level. Um, I'd rather give them a little bit more time to figure that out. I do think those three are going to be lethal by the end of the year as as a threesome. The question is, who else is there? Uh, well, you got Mikel Bridges, you got Cam Johnson, you got Dara Sharch, you got Cam Payne. You've you've got a deep team, Jay Crowder. It's just that when you're out four guys at one time in one game, in a very important game that you you went to double overtime in, yeah, maybe you come up a little bit short against their best possible players. Oh well, and. Look, uh, I don't. I, there's no excuse to miss free throws like Abdel Nader did. I mean, quite frankly, one out I, of three. True. You're an NBA player. You got to hit at least two or three of those. Yeah. Two of the three. Yeah, you know, at least bare minimum. And I'm, I'd still be frustrated and you hit all three. Like it's just that's not acceptable. If you're a professional athlete, that's the easiest play in the world. It's like an extra point. In football, if you're not making those, uh, you shouldn't be in the rotation for a long period of time. It's just that simple. Uh, And I get it. They didn't have options. Devin Booker's out. And that's one thing you've got to look at. How many points do you think Denver had in the paint tonight? uh, Not the 80-plus that they had on Friday night. Only 42. They just made a bunch more jumpers tonight. They made 15 threes. They're not really a three-point shooting team. Uh, 
And uh, they made 15 of 36 of those things. Whereas the Suns, they just kept jacking up threes and couldn't make them. And they were 16 of 53. Well, that's, Good Lord. That's my that's my concern. This team has fallen mm. far too in love with the three. Especially when you have a big like DeAndre Ayton that can get you buckets at the rim. Chris Paul is supposed to be one of the best in the game at mid-range. And I get it. The analytics say the mid-range shot isn't a great, uh, great shot. But when you have one of the all-time greats at it and your offense is struggling, I'd much rather have Chris Paul take a mid-range shot than Abdel Nader shooting a three. Uh, and and they yeah. Or Frank Kaminsky shooting a three, especially late in these games. I just, To me, I would have gone small in one of those mm-hmm. overtimes, just accepting you, that Nikola Jokic was going to get his. And well, they would have scored every single time. You can't just go t- entirely he scored small. every single time anyways. No, he didn't every time. The only time. time he didn't was when Mikhail blocked him. He was either getting fouled or scoring. That every time he happened. tried to score, yeah, he was scoring. You're right, absolutely. But he didn't always get in a position to score because you can't go entirely small. As soon as he gets a 6'5 guy on him, he scores. You know, if we – I want to go – I want to look at the advanced stats tomorrow when they come up, and I want to see um, how many points Jokic scored against each of the different Suns defenders. And I'll bet you he scored very few against DeAndre Aiden. Oh, it's no. just that Suns didn't have anybody else who could defend that guy because they they purposely hunt for switches and they get him scoring out there. So I mean, yeah, maybe on that point, okay, I'll go with you on that. They hunt for switches anyway. So um, uh, Jokic had a smaller guy on him most of the night anyway. So yeah, why I, not go small all around? That's actually that's actually a good point. After you get through the first overtime and you see, hey, look. Frank can't do this. All right. There, anybody watching it knew that you're sitting there and, and it's obvious, right? And that's not a knock on Frank. There's a reason the Kings cut him and you brought him in and you weren't expecting to rely on him to try to shut down Nikola Jokic. But at that point, I look at it and you go, we're not doing it here. Yeah. So but the other problem is that Denver Smith just went chance. big. The other problem is Denver went big. I mean, they've got they've got they had uh, Jamichael Green and Michael Porter Jr., who are both six ten, um, out there most of the second half, and with Jokic and Murray and Harris, and um, they were switching in uh, Monty Morris, who made every freaking shot again. Um, it's just the the Denver was just too big for this Suns lineup, and I don't think going small would have made a difference on it. But, yeah. but who knows? We don't know unless they play the game. Yeah, look, I, and that, that's just, I just felt like once you hit that second overtime, it almost felt like a fait accompli. It just felt like it was going to happen, right? You just go, okay, Frank can't do this. This this is getting likely out of hand in this, and I just would have liked to have seen to try something. And it's fine. It may not have worked. You may have wound up with the same exact result, but sometimes I'm just, I'm of the thought process. If you can try something different because you already have seen what hasn't worked, let's try it. This tonight like, was not a. I like how, I like how Blaze and Darth Voida are just in the chat, just talking through drinking and eating and stuff like that. So, you know, that's that's about as much um, stock as we should be putting into this game. That's no, awesome. I, I agree, but you have to look at this upcoming week. I think it's OKC Wednesday, Golden State Friday. Uh, I'm blanking on who they play Saturday, but look, you've got to, you've got to get a few wins this week because if you don't, you're going to fall below 500 
and that's when people are going to get concerned whether or not they should be. That's another discussion because I'd like to remind people, Chris Paul with OKC last year, 8-12 and 12 to start, and they finished out pretty strong once the chemistry was figured out. Uh, Devin Booker and, and what that injury uh-huh. is is going to be important to understand and try to understand where the next few things are going to uh uh, it, it, the where the next few weeks are going to go. If he's out an extended period of time, there's going to be concern here, and you're going to really need Chris Paul to step it up and not yeah. just be distributor uh, the entire time, but try to get his offense in a flow because he hasn't offensively been uh, been the guy you thought he was going to be so far. You're going to need that if Booker's out for a while. You're going to need consistency from Cam Johnson and Mikhail yeah. Bridges. Yeah. This team I, and, and, and Jay Crowder. I mean, all three of them are so hot and cold offensively. And I've said this from the beginning of the season. This team will go as far as as Cam Johnson and Mikhail Bridges take them, and they need consistency. Even if even if you can just pencil them in, uh, you know, for for twenty eight points between the two of them, thirty points between the two of them. However, they get there. Uh, you know, on a regular basis, that will will make this offense feel more consistent. They've been hot or cold uh, this entire season, and when they're hot, this team feels like it's rolling. When they're cold, it's problematic. And and DeAndre Ayton over the last week has kind of picked that up offensively and picked up that slack when these guys have have been off. But man, they they need them. Even with DeAndre, especially if, if if Booker's out, you need those two guys to step up. And you're right, Jay Crowder needs to be consistent as well, whether he's the sixth man yeah. or he's starting in place of Booker. You need that. Yeah, that's that's absolutely right. You just we've got you got to have more consistency on the wings uh, with those fourth, fifth, and sixth scorers. Um, obviously, this this team is going to look better this year. We're all frustrated, but Denver is a really good team. And this Denver always beats the Suns. Bef- uh, before this season, Denver had won 15 of the last 17 games against the Suns. The Suns won earlier this year against Denver in Denver. And then this weekend, it was just this. We obviously saw what happened. So the Denver is really good. They made the conference finals last year. Um, Jamal Murray is always really good against the Suns. And, you know, when you can't, when you're not playing Booker, and you don't have your uh, Dario Saric, and you don't have uh, other players. It's it's tough. It's tough to actually finish this out and and close out these games when those guys are so used to. They they've been together for four years, five years. They're so used to who's going to deliver and who and who's not going to deliver. They get it to the right person all the time. You've got Jamal Murray knows how to get his shot um, and. Uh, Nikola Jokic knows how to get his shot, and they're extremely consistent with it. That's why they made the conference finals last year. So I'm not going to get too hung up on losing to these guys. No, yeah, and I I was on with uh, DNVR. It's a Denver sports website, and they have a, an NBA show, and we're talking Suns Nuggets on, I, I think it was Friday afternoon. It all blends together now. But they were talking about how in Denver, they just they felt like this team was zero and zero they they had had some injuries some weird things going on but they had gotten back to 500 and it felt like that was kind of the fresh start to the season and that these were were two extremely uh big games for them and i think i think the nuggets came in with that mindset and and the suns took 
their best shot and they were right there with them. So I think yeah. it's a good measuring stick few games that that's where that's the tier we think the Suns are. That we think they're in that tier right below the Lakers and the Clippers. And the Nuggets are one of those teams right there as well. And you played them as close as you can possibly play them. Like there's you don't get any yeah. closer than than you know a double overtime game Saturday night and an overtime game Friday. Yeah, um, Blaze is trying to argue that Jay Crowder is better as a starter. I think he's just inconsistent no matter what. Um, he 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 had some uh, really bad games as a starter, and he only had a couple of games as a bench player until he came back into the starting lineup tonight. So I don't think there's enough evidence to show that he's a bad bench player. Um, you don't you don't start a guy just because he plays better as a starter. You hold him to a higher standard and make him make him prove he'll play good no matter what. I do wonder if Cam Johnson's a better bench player, though. Cam is definitely overthinking a lot out there. He is such a cerebral player. He's thinking way too much. He's definitely not free of, you know, in his mind right now. I'll tell you that. And um, maybe he is better coming off the bench with a little bit less um, pressure. However, and maybe it wasn't pressure in the bubble. Maybe uh, when he started all eight games in the bubble and the Suns won eight, no. It's because there was no pressure on anybody, and now there's pressure because they're playing teams that really want to win these games um, uh, every single night, and so it is a little bit different for Cam. But you know what? I believe Cam is a better long-term player than Jay Crowder. The question is, at what point do you make him the starter? Yeah, I I, I agree, and nobody's playing consistent on this team, and uh, in this first part of the year, like the, if you look at it, you know, in, in the 15 games they've played, nobody, even Devin Booker, hasn't been consistent in what they've brought, uh, in, especially offensively. You could argue DeAndre Ayton's been pretty, uh, pretty stable defensively as well as Mikhail Bridges, but offensively, there's not one guy you can look at and say, this guy has been, uh, you know, consistent all season long. You know what you can expect. You know what they're going to do. I mean, even Chris Paul has not been. Yeah, there. no. So no so one has been. Super, not worried. even Devin Booker has been super consistent, other than being consistently a little bit worse than he was last year. Yeah, I mean that. That's what. That's what doesn't concern me is you have not seen this offense ever click all at the same time, and yet you've still been in the games you've lost. You've been in them. Uh, in the in the games you've won, there's been some that you've looked very you know very good offensively, even though you didn't know what to expect from guys. So I'm preaching patience still with this roster. I will for a while. I, I think in 2025 games is that mark when we start to understand how they are. And I'm talking 2025 games as the starters actually playing together, not counting not counting injuries and you know, no more gaps where you have to take a week off because the league lets you play against a team that has somebody with COVID on it. That'd be nice as well. Yeah, no, I just, uh, people saying they'd rather have, you know what, um, the wonderful thing about being a fan is that you can use your brain, your mind to imagine how any other player than the ones who played to lose a game, we're going to play better. We all do it. Every single one of us does it. Why didn't we play Galloway? Why didn't we play this other guy? Why don't we, don't we still have Rubio? And why don't we still have um, um, uh, Kelly Oubre? And why, 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 why? You do that after a loss. That's just natural. 
that doesn't mean those guys would have played better. The Suns were at that this record last year, and they had more they had more health and and, and lower upside because they were playing all their old guys to get to this even this point last year. Um, so look, this this team is not perfect. They're not going to win seventy out of seventy two games. They never were going to. They're not going to win 60 out of 72 games. They're not going to win 55 out of 72 games. But if they can make four, win 45 out of 72 games, they'll be a middle seed, and they'll have a chance to win a playoff round. And you know what? You can say that that's me being happy with mediocrity, but no, I am not. I'm not going to kill myself over a championship or bust, and my team sucks if they're not the best team in the entire NBA. I'm not going to do that. I'm a fan of watching a team win most of the games. I'd love to see them win more games than they lose. Absolutely. I'd love to see them more, win more playoff games than they lose. Absolutely. I would love to see them win a championship, but I'm not going to be someone who's never happy unless the team it blows out another another team in the NBA Finals. Well, how, Otherwise, you'll almost no fans in this world will be happy. How, how can you spend the last 10 years like we have as a fan base and and turn to that now, right? Like I get it. You're afraid that this the wheels are gonna fall off. Like everything's gonna go the wrong direction. This team's gonna gonna fail miserably. But that is not where this is headed. And and Dave, you're right. A middle seating, get in the playoffs, make a little noise. I'm not expecting a championship. And if anybody is expecting a championship this year, more power to you. But yeah, you're not. You're gonna be disappointed, just like the I gotta, other. I gotta. I gotta give all the credit to Hell Damn Guy, Jake Sakalitas would never have let this happen in the double overtime. You're right. <laughs> I can imagine any other player playing better than the guys who didn't play well tonight. That's yeah. hilarious. Yeah. Yes. Let's talk. Jake about never would have let that happen. Jake would have been all over Nikola Jokic. What? Let's talk about something positive. MVP of the game. Who did? Who do you think had a, an impressive impact on this game for the Suns that you walked away going, "Okay, I feel pretty pretty good about him." Oh wow! Um, so it's going to come down to either DeAndre Ayton or Chris Paul. Um, Cam Johnson had 19 points, but he was only three of 11 on threes, and like we said, he he wasn't able to finish the game, and he looked like he was a little uncomfortable in big moments. Um, Mikel Bridges had a really off night. Jay Crowder hit some big shots. Uh, 21 points, seven rebounds, three assists. Um, I was happy with those things, but it's got to be either Chris Paul or DeAndre Ayton. And DeAndre Ayton, um, he got into some foul trouble, obviously, and they didn't get him the ball in the second half as much as they should have. Uh, but he was he's this last four games, five games now, he has been playing incredible. I'm really proud of him. Uh, but for tonight's game, I am going to give it to Chris Paul. He was clutch. He made a bunch of shots. He's the reason they made they made it to double overtime uh, because they stayed close when they needed to. He made the shots he was supposed to. That was the Chris Paul um, offensively that we needed to see. But you're right. He uh, he didn't put up enough assists in the second half. He gets most of his assists in the first half, and then he outschemes himself in the second half. I'm not sure what changes for him. Um, he's got to continue to get better. Um, but in this game, it's either DA or Chris Paul. And I think I'll probably lean Chris Paul. What do you think? Uh, I'm going to go DeAndre Aiden. Uh, big, big early, uh, played good defense, played good defense on that final possession, even on that three. I, I think you have to tip your hat to him because back-to-back nights had very good games playing against 
one of the best centers in the league. So you had to work on both ends of the floor. Like this was not a night that he could coast defensively and, and save that energy for the offensive end. So I'm going to go with him and it's not his fault. He doesn't get touches in the second half of this game uh, and that they kind of went away from him. I would give, I would give him it. And then our friend Darth Voida from Sun Champs says the Valley jerseys are the real MVP. Uh, I don't, I agree with you, but they don't look quite as good in a loss as they do in a win. So that is a pretty sweet looking combo, though. Those Valley jerseys in that cool court. Yeah, they did a good job. Some other teams have alter have done alternate courts this year too, and they don't look nearly as good. So I got to give the Suns huge props for not only those jerseys but the court to go with it. One of one of our flaming ballers, Blaze Megatron, always a pleasure to talk with you, Blaze. Uh, he says when Da fouled out, the game was majorly over, so yep. he probably deserves MVP. I think this fair point when you look at it. So, so That's true. I, look, I, I think the recap on the night, our nightcap, if you will, is simply nightcap. Don't give up hope, right? <laughs> it it's two games. It's rough, yeah. yes, but this is not the last 10 years. So save yourself the depression, save yourself the the time and uh, don't don't get too uh, don't get too bent out of shape in two losses to one of the better teams in the Western Conference. I think that's a great closing statement right there. Yeah. Um, we had I, I want to appreciate all the ballers that are in the chat. I know I gave a couple of you guys a hard time, but that's okay. That's the way fans are. Fans get, um, they can take it out on each other when they can't take it out on the players and the team. So I appreciate all you guys being in this chat tonight. I sure wish Scott Foster would have joined the chat so we could talk to him about some of his calls. But, um, you know, there's uh, this, this is always good. And when you guys do the jam session, most of you guys probably do the Suns jam session after most games. Um, live. I'm glad they switched it over to us tonight. I appreciate that. I was hoping it'd be in a win, but it's okay when it's in a loss. And even folks that, um, you know, want to trade everybody on the team for former Suns players from teams that only won 25% of their games. I love you guys too. Yep. Uh, we do appreciate everybody. I want to remind you, make sure to click join on YouTube. If you want to become a flaming baller, you can also click the uh, join button in the podcast description if you listen to the audio version of this. Also, if you listen to the podcast, we highly recommend leaving a review. It helps us get new listeners. And this week, we have a new review from S Rat Suns fan and says, Headline, good content. Look forward to the podcast on Saturdays. Go Suns! Five star review. We would love to have you guys leave a five star review. Also, maybe you'll be featured on the next episode and if i'm eventually not lazy maybe we'll send you some swag like we used to on the show so uh, we appreciate each and every one of you out there uh, latest on devin booker's injury as a few people in the flaming baller chat are asking about it uh, hamstring injury we do not know how long he'll be out uh, he did tell mikhail he was good and the suns don't play again till wednesday so the hope is that it'll be a very short out for him yeah, and that that is the hope. Hopefully, he will be back on Wednesday, if not Thursday, as they take on Golden State, another nationally televised game on Thursday night. So, for the Silver Fox, Dave King, uh, for our absent friend Saul Bookman, I am Greg Esposito. Thank you for watching the Lunar Panel, and we'll talk to you next week here on the Sun Solar Panel. Ahoy, ahoy. <laughs>